Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. You know, as great as March Madness is, I'm in the mood for a little bit of baseball talk today. Red Sox on these airwaves all season long, less than two weeks until opening day. Talking Sox with us now is Jen McCaffrey, covers the Red Sox for The Athletic. Jen, how are you? Pretty good. How about you? Good. I appreciate you being with us. You know, this team's been hard to read. At the beginning of the offseason, I thought they were destined to be horrendous. Now, I love what they've done the last month or so. I... I think I got them finishing in fourth still, but I got them being a very good fourth-place team. How do you see the Red Sox right now? Yeah, and I don't think you're alone in that assessment. I think a lot of people um, this offseason were maybe not disappointed but underwhelmed um, with a lot of these signings and acquisitions and even obviously some of the trades the Red Sox made. And Heimsland's sort of uh, um, you know stance was just sort of be patient and, and wait and see this out and I, I think a lot of people are starting to see this team come, come together a little bit this spring and 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 some of the additions with Marwin Gonzalez and Enrique Hernandez and um, you know just some even some of the guys from late last year like Nick Tavetta really kind of um, you know doing doing well this spring for the most part uh, Martin Perez coming back so I mean there's been a lot of um a lot of interesting pieces here um, that uh, if things go well, the team could be good. Of course, if they don't stay healthy, um, you know, if they don't perform to their um, potential, you know, they could, it could be an awful year. But I don't think, um, you know, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last year. I think there are some promising pieces here. And, yeah, like you said, I don't think they're, you know, in contention to, you know, compete for the division by any means. But they could, they could be a pretty interesting team if, if things kind of fall the right way and, um, you know, and they play to their potential. What do you think of the job of Bloom? Because he's certainly um, trying to thread a very difficult needle here where the team is trying to be competitive now but also build sustainability in his words. Yeah, it's uh, it's been difficult, I think, um, you know, for from his perspective to try to um, show people that. And, you know, I, I think he's said on multiple, you know, occasions that, you know, he can't be swayed by public opinion necessarily. Um, you know, maybe some of the moves, the fans don't like aren't, you know, the big splashy ones. They didn't go out this winter and sign the big, the big free agents or spend the big money. But I think he really trusts this process. And if obviously the Red Sox seem to trust this process, they're sticking with him. And, you know, they, they know that this is his plan of trying to, you know, um, you know, make trades like the Andrew Benintendi trade and get back, you know, four prospects plus this, you know, Franchi Cordero, who's, you know, got some, some potential, even though there's risk there. So, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely a plan that's asking for patience. And obviously Red Sox fans are not the type to be patient. They want to win now. So it's been testing a lot of people. Um, But I think they're starting to potentially see the light at the end of the tunnel. I I honestly think, you know, this team needs to come out and and be, um, you know, at least decent in the beginning. Otherwise, I think you're just going to lose people all over again, you know, falling the Mookie Betts trade, you know, you lost a lot of people that were really disappointed in, in, in that going down. So I think this is kind of a pivotal point for the team and, in, in, um, you know, making sure that they retain those people on the edge. There's always going to be people that, you know, stick with the team, but there's people that are definitely kind of teetering on the edge of whether they care anymore or not about this team. And I, I think, you know, he's, uh, his process here has, has, uh, been asking for a lot of patience, and I think people want to see some of that, some of the fruits of that labor uh, come to fruition. In the rotation, Erod, Evaldi, Garrett Richards, Martin Perez—they're probably locked in in the spots one through four in whatever order. Is Nick Pavetta getting the five spot in your mind? 
Yeah, he's pretty much a lock at this point, especially because they um, have already announced that uh, Tanner Houck's going to be starting, you know, with option to the to the alternate site. And that was sort of the, the one question was whether, you know, he would do enough this spring to, to get into the, the big league rotation. But really, you know, he had those terrific three starts at the end of last year, but they really want him to work on that third pitch, his splitter. And he, he kind of had mixed results this spring. Not that you read too much into the results, but he really did get hit pretty hard in, in two of his three starts. So I think they, they really just kind of want to take the pressure off of, you know, uh, not, you know, him not needing to perform on the big league level right away and sort of ease him back into things um, and, and hope that he continues the success that way. So, um, so yeah, Pavetta's got that fifth spot locked up. And then Matt Andrees will sort of be their swing man, long man, you know, um, reliever, starter type guy that, that's in their bullpen. Jen McCaffrey, The Athletic, covers the Red Sox with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, and we're your home for Red Sox baseball all season. Talk to me about Rafael Devers. I'm watching, you know, I'm watching spring training action. He looks very, very thin this spring. How does he look? I know his numbers haven't been great this spring. Yeah, um, you know, that's something that's kind of been, you know, we always talk about, you know, best shape of their lives with these players. You know, that's always <laughs> a spring training narrative, but in his case, it really does uh, seem to be true. I mean, he really put him in a lot of effort this winter. He stayed in, in Boston at the end of um, last season. So he had kind of like an ankle, um, a bum ankle he was sort of dealing with at points last summer after kind of, you know, twisting it on a, on the first base bag at one point. So he really, he stayed, uh, you know, in the off season for about a month after the, the season ended to try to make sure that that ankle was all healed and also just get on a nutrition plan. And, and he hired his own nutritionist over the winter and just make sure he had his, you know, off season workout set. And it seems like it really paid off. He, yeah, he does look much fitter, um, you know, and, and, and that'll help him move around a lot better um, defensively. And also just, you know, uh, once he gets into his rhythm, you know, offensively, you know, the, the sky's the limit with him. And I think that, you know, um, he's, certainly looking for a bounce back year after kind of a weird up and down last year. And it was a weird year for a lot of guys last year, but I think having Alex Cora back for him is especially, um, especially uh, good in that sense. And, and I think, yeah, he's, uh, he's one of those guys that you can probably look to to have, have, uh, have a big year this year. Bobby Dahlbeck looks like he may be destined for the nine spot in the batting order. And, and is he going to hit 184 with 37 home runs? Like everything seems to be feast or famine with Dahlbeck so far. Yeah, I mean, he's actually hit for surprising. You know, I, I kind of was thinking the same thing. You know, you're going to get maybe 30 homers, but, you know, 200 strikeouts from him. But he's actually had, you know, some decent hit, hitting for average this spring. He's had, you know, racked up some doubles. He's he's gotten some solid base hits. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's a small sample size and it's spring training. And, you know, guys not, aren't necessarily – they're not facing, you know, the top pitchers and guys aren't bringing necessarily their A games. But – I think he could be, you know, I think maybe we're underselling him a little bit and maybe that's good for him. Maybe he, you know, needs to have kind of the expectations, um, you know, aside from the Homer expectations, kind of waylaid a little bit just so he can kind of prove that he's a little bit more of a well-rounded hitter than just the, the power and strikeout guy um, that people expect him to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be probably in that nine spot just again to sort of, you know, take, take the pressure off a, a rookie guy that's, you know, only played what 20, 25 games in the majors so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, if, if he has, you know, a good couple first months, you could probably see him moving up at some point. Um, if he, if he, especially if those power numbers continue like they have, he's got two grand slams in yeah. spring already. I think he's got five home runs, so it's pretty crazy. 
the power that he has. Um, and if he can kind of, you know, just match that throughout the first part of the season, um, I think I think he'll be in good shape. You know, the Patriots spend a gazillion dollars last week, and everybody they signed, there was one adjective attached to every player, and that was versatility, versatility, versatility. The Red Sox seem to be doing a whole lot of that, too. I love, you know, Marwin Gonzalez and Danny Santana when he's healthy. I think this team is going to be very versatile, and that seems to be something that Alex Cora has really focused on. Yeah, you know, I think that was very much a plan. They headed into this winter with trying to get guys that could play in various positions, and I think, you know, that's sort of something that Bloom set out to do. Um, obviously, Cora has pre-existing relationships both with Gonzalez and Hernandez. Um, he's known Hernandez since he was a little kid back in Puerto Rico, and uh, he um, coached uh, Marlon Gonzalez when he was with the Astros back in 17. So he... He knows both of these guys, you know, on top of the fact that they're versatile and can play multiple positions and allows the team, you know, go with the three-man bench, um, giving them an extra pitcher, the 14 pitchers. They're also, you know, two more veteran guys that can be good in the clubhouse, and I think that's another big thing that they were focusing on this winter, too, was just, you know, bringing, you know, last year was such a brutal year and, you know, very, you know, ways from the from Cora's situation to trading bets and, and, and Bryce and, you know, everyone else they traded last year to the injuries they dealt with. I think they really wanted to inject some, you know, life and some, um, some you know, uh, just more camaraderie and more clubhouse guys into the, into the, um, into the roster. And I think they kind of did that with these two guys in Gonzalez and Hernandez. So, We'll see how much that pays off, but I mean, so far it sounds like they are, you know, good fits for this roster and and um, and being, you know, uh, being good teammates for for their club this this spring. Well, Red Sox, look, I've got them in fourth, but there's certainly a reasons for optimism as the team trends towards opening day. Jen McCaffrey covers the team for the Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter at jc mccaffrey at jc mccaffrey. Jen, we appreciate it, and uh, we will talk to you again this season. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.